welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am still your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow host, co-host. Co-host. Fellow host, co-host. Fellow Host. I mean, you're here every week, right? I am. I'm Matt your, O'Hara. I'm your foe host. It's Matt O'Hara, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. He's here. Yep. Feeling feeling good? I'm feeling good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. A little tired. I had a big cup of coffee beforehand, so now I'm, some little, I'm slowly starting to feel the energy. It's starting to kick in a little bit. Good. It's what coffee, man. It just it, it jacks me up, man. One cup, and I'm like wired. All right. Well, so here I am. I'm a wired. I'm a wired uh, Tuesday night. I'm one of those people that all it all kind of all depends on how tired I am. Depends. Coffee can do absolutely nothing if I'm totally exhausted. I can just really? drink a cup of coffee and fall asleep. Ah, it's it's weird, man. It just totally jacks me up. There's two things that coffee is guaranteed to do to me. One, get me all fired up. Two, I don't want to hear about it. Going to the Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> oh boy, going to the Super Bowl. Great. Um, so we're on a time limit then. Huh? <laughs> oh my god, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna explode. Uh, so today we're gonna talk about rookie rankings. So here we we spent the last couple months talking rookies, breaking rookies down, pre-draft, talked a little bit after the draft, and now, of course, you know, uh, training camp's gonna you know affect some of these, but we're gonna be that's too far away, right? We'll get into that when training camp comes up. Absolutely. So now that teams have been drafted, we are gonna go through for these next couple episodes our final rankings. So if you have rookie draft coming up. I've already had three rookie drafts. I'm already knee-deep. I'm sure a lot of people have two. But, hey, if anything, you can grade yourself and see how you did. Sure. These are our own rankings. These are the Dynasty Nerds podcast host rankings. We're going to break those down. But before I do, i got to get one last shout-out to our friends over at Maisie. Maisie. M-A-Z-E-Y. It's the app you need to do if you're going to communicate with your league mates. It's really that simple. We've had... I've had multiple drafts. You and I have had our Superflex draft. Sure. And everybody in both my all my drafts have downloaded the app Maisie, and we've been using it to communicate, and it's been a godsend. I mean, it's just so much easier than the normal message boards or anything like that. It's it's instant communication. It's just like getting a text message to your phone, basically, every time that you know somebody posts something in your league. Yeah, you could private message somebody. You can yeah. have little groups going on there. And, again, if you're having a draft, it's so vital. Hey, man, this, this pick is up for trade. Right. Who wants it? Instant information. You don't have to write back in the group message. You you just you skip all that. Click his name real quick. Hit direct message. Hey man, I want that pick. What do you want? I'll give you uh, Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> Why not? You want Ted Ginn? No way. You want him for uh, one, one one? Ted Ginn? One one. Ooh. Uh, the nice nerds podcast listener. Like that's the kind of trade offers I'd be getting. <laughs> hey, uh, I want one one. Quit uh, giving Rich bad offers. He's oh complaining to me. It's yeah. ruining my life. Your yeah. crappy offers are ruining my life. Oh, now. you you don't think Paul Perkins for AJ Green's a good offer? <laughs> Get out of here, on, man. Uh, so, yeah, Maisie, we've been using it. The best part about Maisie is it's free. It is. It's absolutely free. Even if you just use it for your draft and then let it sit there for a while and you can slowly communicate on there, it's well worth it. It definitely makes the draft process go a lot smoother. That's for sure. Totally smooth. And remember, I mean, I said it before, you don't give people your phone numbers, right? You don't right. want to rely on Twitter or the message boards or email for somebody to get a hold of you. Have Maisie. It's like getting a text message. You hit up that you hit up that person, they get a little ding, boom, you're ready to go. Instant communication with anybody across the world. 
Maisie. It's a free app. You've got to download it. Again, I've never steered anybody wrong. I, I hope not. Nope. And we don't pimp too many people, but we're pimping Maisie. M-A-Z-E-Y. Get it on your phone today. It's awesome. So let's get into this. So now, Matt and I were talking about these rankings, and we, we actually differ quite drastically on these, these rankings. So we had to come to neutral ground for these top 12. Sure. So this is Matt and I's... Man, I come into a common ground on the rankings. This is we'll, kind of like our collaborative, our collaborative rankings. Collaborative rankings, yes. And we'll let you know where we differ on these guys as mm-hmm. well. And it's going to start very early with one one, and that's Corey Davis. Now, Matt doesn't even have Corey Davis as his one one receiver. Sure. So you can see where we stand out here. Matt definitely would not take Corey Davis number one one. But I let, but the fact that just about every rookie draft I've seen, every rookie draft I've participated in, he has gone one one. So we're, we're Matt. We're gonna let that sway Matt a little bit here, right? Even uh, though he disagrees, I, I acquiesced to your number one pick. Basically. So the reason I would take Corey Davis number one, since you would not, and why most people should take Corey Davis number one is number one landing spot. He goes to the Tennessee Titans. He's paired up with Marcus Mariota. There's not a lot of offensive we- weapons there. You have Delaney Walker, who's a quality dynasty tight end, fantasy tight end, but he's a little bit old. You know, he's above 30, so his his days are numbered. Rashard Matthews is probably the number one fantasy option there, but Rashard Matthews is a much better suited number two receiver there. They also drafted Taiwan Taylor, which is going to help and leave some of that pain as well. They took the guy number five overall, so he's a very high selection. We're talking about a receiver that runs terrific routes. He can line up at all three wide receiver positions. He's shown he has really good hands. He can make the acrobatic, acrobatic catch. We've said this. We've been talking about Corey Davis, you and I, for a couple of years now. Sure. Yeah. So this is he has pedigree. He has shown that he could play everywhere in the field. And he's shown he can make every single catch and run good routes. He's literally does every everything well. And he's going to a team where he's going to step in and be the number one receiver. As Mariota grows, as his offense grows, this he has a true legitimate chance at being a true number one fantasy receiver, a top 12 startup pick guy. And and I know my $500 lead had started. I took him in the second round. And I know I might have to sit down for a little bit, but I'm looking to get that true number one guy down the road. And the difference between me, him, and Mike Williams for me is I don't know how it's going to pan out with Keenan Allen. You know, he signed that four-year extension just, what, over a little over a year ago? Yeah, I mean, yes. Which is the Go end ahead. of the world. Yeah. Right. We don't know the longevity of Philip Rivers. So we don't know the quarterback situation there for the long term. We know the long term situation in Tennessee. And you and I both like what we've seen out of Mariota. Absolutely. So for situation for me, for me, it's not even really just that. I like Corey Davis the whole time going above Michael Williams no matter what, just you on did. talent level. Right. right. But this situation even now is even better. Where if you could flip flop and you put Mike Williams in Tennessee and you put Corey Davis in San Diego. I would listen to the argument of taking, even though I like Corey Davis better as a player, of taking Mike Williams ahead of him. So for all those factors, to me, when we like to build our teams around young receivers, and it depends on your situation. Obviously, if you don't need a receiver, you don't take a receiver here. Right. Those running backs are too good. Sure. And I'm not despaired. To me, this top six, to me, it's elite six. You could take any of these guys at in this top six. I'd have no argument against anybody. Well, that's honestly. what that's where I, that's really why I didn't fight you too much on the Corey Davis at, at 1-1 because... I mean, all these guys are really close. I just, I guess I don't value that that position in this particular draft that high. I think there's a couple, two or three guys that, at the running back position that are, I think, like foundation type guys that you want on your team for, you know, they're going to be there for probably five years. And I agree. And if you need a running back, you definitely take a running back here. Right. I mean, you really do. So it depends on your team. Like, it really does. Like, if you're good at receiver, if you have, you know, 
Michael Thomas from the Saints and you have AJ Green, you don't have to go Corey Davis. You definitely take a running back here. Um, but for me right now, if we're just going on, you know, in a vacuum, pretty much a startup league. Sure. What players come off the board first in a startup draft for me? And that's why I'm going to look at it. It's going to be Corey Davis because I value that receiver a little bit more. He, to me, is a literally, he's out of all the players in this draft, he is the safest player in this draft. He is a cannot miss for me. His floor is so high for me. Where Obviously, any of these running backs could miss. That's, that's definitely a possibility. To me, he cannot miss. So I'm going to go ahead and take Corey Davis 1-1. You disagree. That's fine. That's where he's at. Corey Davis 1-1. What do you think about him there in Tennessee? No, I mean, I think it's a great fit. I, I think, obviously, you already laid it out pretty well that, you know, he's going to have a, a chance to really grow as Mar- Mar- Mariota does. And to me, that I mean, that is great for their long term. Like, he could have 10 years success, you know, him and Mariota together. Whereas, and you're probably right, Mike Williams obviously isn't going to have 10 years with Phillip Rivers. But, I, I mean... I, I still do value Mike Williams, you know, just slightly above Corey Davis. It's not like a huge, I, I wouldn't fault anybody. And, you know, who who knows, you know, for picking, for picking them opposite, like, you know, Corey Davis first, Mike Williams second. What I mean, they're really close. Um, but Corey Davis, um, yeah, he's, he's, he has a great landing spot. And if somebody took him one, one, I'm not going to like laugh in their face or anything. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we say that for everybody. You're right. Right. So if you get Corey Davis, you got out of this draft, you got to feel really good about yourself. I feel like, and you wouldn't even take Corey. So where would you take Corey Davis? Where do you have him in your overall ranking? So approximately uh, right around four, then five, five, just because I have, yeah, yep. Okay, yeah, that's it, and that's. that's I mean, a all great these, side. all these guys are so close to me. It, it doesn't really, really, really matter because those are the the elite guys. I think those those five or six guys right there. Okay. Um. So let's, I guess, move on to who we have second in the overall. Now this, we finally have a consensus. Sure. Corey Dave. I mean, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Is number off. two, too. Right. And I'm sure a lot of you people are going, whoa, 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 whoa. Dalvin Cook. This guy is, I mean, you're talking about a guy that jumped up way high before the NFL Combine. He was number one, one, just about a lot of people's boards. Sure. And all of a sudden, he's falling back down. It's like he's running on banana pills because <laughs> this guy is going anywhere from four, five, and six now. And people are blaming the combine. They're blaming his landing spot. Right. If you, if you saw that tweet, you see that tweet I retweeted? I don't think I, uh, of him, his juke move. His jukey move? Yeah. His little jukey juke. That was a nice move. And that's what you see on tape too. So, I mean, that's that's really what what I'm going off of more so than anything else. I mean, I'm not really worried about the combine numbers I mean, yes, it does bring, it's a little bit alarming, but when you watch all the tape that I have on the guy, you you know that he plays faster than that. I agree. Years of tape is all I need to see. This right. guy is electric with the balls in it. With the balls in his hands? Singular. <laughs> Whoa. Singular ball. Easy. Unless he's doing like, you know, the Michael Jordan to the end zone, then he have two <laughs> balls in his hand. Well, that'd be three. I don't know, man. Um, so to me, Dalvin Cook is just an electric runner. The tape, literally, that's all I have to say. It's just, if anyone wants to argue with me, just go watch all the tape of all these guys and tell me who's the most explosive player at running back position on tape. And it's going to be Dalvin Cook. Right. I, I mean, I literally think it's going to take him like three weeks to pass Latavius Murray on the on the depth chart. Now, listen, Latavius is going to play because he's getting $4 million a year. But that's it. This is going to be it. Latavius just isn't that good. He's an upright north-south runner who doesn't catch the football. Dalvin catch the football. I mean, he can don't run the forget, ball well. Don't forget that that guy had... Uh, ankle surgery like a week after he signed that deal too 
were to your mother. So, I mean, Dalvin, I mean, when is he even going to be ready? Dalvin Cook might get all these offseason reps and just take, Never the, give it back. take the job. I agree. I think he's going to be a starter. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Latavius going to be a really high-priced backup uh, and going to spell him and maybe do some goal line stuff. But get to Dalvin plays in a dome nine times out of the year. Right. All right. We already, we already laid that out. Yeah. yeah. All, all home games and then. Everything about this guy the is, a, is the guy that is going to come out here and say, hey, this is the guy you want to take, Dalvin Cook. Again, if you take somebody else ahead of him, good for you. I mean, I still love Leonard Fournette. Right. I love Joe Mixon. I love Christian McCaffrey. I love them all. But the speed, the explosiveness, the vision, the patience, the balance, the power that he has, the guy that can cut on a dime, catch anything out of the backfield. I mean, there's just nothing I don't love about it. Nothing changes from when we were preaching this guy to 1-1 before to now. Nothing changes for me. That's that's why I still have my one one. To be honest, I mean, I don't think I don't think that's a bad landing spot at all for him. I don't know why you know why people are thinking that's a negative. O lines doo doo butter. They upgraded it this year. Last year it was doo doo butter. It was it was bad. They, it they changes. Yeah, that's a year to year thing, man. And they they definitely upgraded the line in the off season. So I think if you pick at like three, four, five, this is like a blessing. Disguise. Oh my gosh, definitely. For example. For example, if I, I if I had like eight and it, and he started slipping to like four or five, I would do everything I could to move up. I agree with that sentiment, even though it's still hard to it's gonna be hard to trade back into that top six regardless. But yeah, it's easier to trade from eight to five than it is eight to one. Right. So I'm with you. I'm training up too. I feel really good in the nerds draft. I have the fourth pick, and before oh, I, I thought there's yeah. I thought there's no chance I can get Dalvin Cook. I'm feeling a lot better about it today. But at the same time, I feel better about any you're, of these guys I get. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're sitting there at four, you're going to feel great no matter what because you're going to get a sweet player. Yeah, I may have Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell in that league, and I have the chance to add another dynamic runner to right. offset those guys by injury. It's going to really set up my team really nice. And a guy like Dalvin Cook, again, I mean, if you're talking next year into the draft, there'd be arguments where Dalvin Cook, now Squam Barkley is pretty special. Right. Uh, and we're going to see where he lands. But the same, there's going to be there's gonna be just like the argument here we are talking before. For Dalvin Cook in next year's draft, where would he go? So Dalvin Cook is two. Th- one thing we agree upon in his rankings, and that's Dalvin Cook at number two. Well, I mean, I admit one, but I'll I'll say yes. That's I'm cool with him at number two as well. Well, yeah. Besides that, as our <laughs> next best, the next best available player, we agree on. Here. Yes, we do. But now, no, no, not so fast, Pat Sajak. The next guy we agree on as well. We do. Leonard Fournette big to old, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big Leo in the house. Yeah, taken very high in the NFL draft, number four overall, which means they're going to run that offense right through Leonard Fournette. Couldn't I, be better. Right. I, I mean, they're saying all the, the right things like, oh, he's not going to get the starting job, like he's got to earn it type of thing. But um, he he's really better than those other two guys on the roster, so it shouldn't take long for him to earn it, as long as he's doing what he's supposed to. Yeah, it's it shouldn't be hard whatsoever. I right. could see, now, I could see like TJ Yeldon being like a nice buy low right now and because everybody's just going to shove him to the wayside oh yeah big time but tj yeldon's strong suit in fantasy football the other year was catching footballs mm-hmm. he, i could easily see him being the third down running back in that offense and still coming away catching a, a good enough about amount of balls to be like you're running back three if need be if anything i think it helps tj yeldon and solidifies his, solidifies his role a little bit there with Jacksonville. Right. And I think his value right now just plummeted because of the Leonard Fournette oh, thing. Oh, yeah, big time. I think he'll still be utilizing that offense there for a team that plant that's probably going to run the ball a ton. I agree. But we're talking about Leonard Fournette, T- Fournette not TJ Yeldon. Right. So his landing spot's terrific because he has a lot of weapons around him. He's going to a team that has, on paper, a fantastic defense. 
Just right, youth right. and skill there. But Leonard Fournette is somebody that we were talking about a little over a year ago who was to clear cut 1-1. Somebody who people were talking about, hey, maybe this guy should just sit out the year because he's just he's so damn good. A big, strong running back. He's explosive. He's got great speed. He's got terrific size. He's a north-south runner. He is. Absolutely. But this guy is just... I mean, his balance is terrific for his size, and he just explodes out of his bricks. Right, he's one of those guys that you know, once he gets to the second level, too, man, he can he can break a big one. He can run guys over too, pretty easily. Drop a shoulder on a guy and and just bust off a big run that way as well. So he, he's a special player. I think uh, you know anyone that's listening to this podcast probably knows that, and and I think we have him ranked appropriately, though. Yeah, I mean, despite his size, this is a guy who could run low behind the line, sure. you know, and get behind his pads down there. He's not afraid of contact. He'll run people over. He's got a terrific stiff arm. Uh, his change of direction is really good for his size as well. This guy just, he's an excellent, excellent runner. I mean, his athleticism is just through the roof. It, right. He really is, man. It's just, there's not a lot of things not to like about him. You can argue about the passing game, but we've talked about that where he just wasn't really asked to do that in LSU. So we don't really know if he can catch the football or right, not. Right, right. Well, that's, a, that's the one thing. I mean, like, I think a lot of people see Leonard Fournette and they're thinking they're going to get Ezekiel Elliott from last year, and and I think they're just two different guys, you know. Oh, I think, night and day, yeah. right? I mean, so that's kind of one of the things where you know they're both big backs, but Ezekiel, you know, he catches the ball much more naturally. He was able to he pass blocked in college and and caught passes in college and stuff like that. And so his change of direction is sick, and his change of direction is yeah. much better. So I mean, they're and just they're two different guys, and you know? we didn't even need to say this. Because of what Zeke did last year, I said last year that Zeke would be one one right. in this draft, right. and people were like, "Well, what about Leonard Fournette?" And I'm like, "Yeah, what? I think Zeke's a better running back." Sorry, yeah. I mean he he was a one one for me, so it, it is night and day. So don't draft him thinking that's what you're going to get because they're they're two different guys. I mean, I think what's good about Fournette is like you. I think we all have a good feeling what Leonard Fournette is, right? Mm-hmm. And we know he's a really good running back. I think he has a good chance to surprise us with a little bit more even in this offense. Definitely being a focal point of this offense. And I think they can eat, not maybe like next year, but they can slowly ease him into the passing game. Sure, sure. You can kind of grow into that role. And this is a guy who who could potentially be the one one you know running back in fan, dynasty fantasy football. Right. He's I, not, I mean, he's, I don't think he surpasses some of the guys like David Johnson or Zeke Elliott, but he has that kind of potential where he could, and it's not going to be surprising. Right, and it, it, he's not one of those people that's like you look at his hands and he's not like, um, what's the guy from Boston College a few years ago, Andre Williams, Andre who's Williams, just like hands. totally stone hands. Like he's, he at least can catch a ball a lot more naturally than that yeah, guy. Can, his hands so. were as good as like when you made those little Lego guys out of uh, Legos. And that would, <laughs> you know, way back in the day before they actually Lego guys, when you put the, the square block, the rectangle block, the square block, and the rectangle block. Right. You ever make those guys? Yeah. 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 Everybody did if you're, old, if you're over the age of 30. Right. Uh, those are the kind of hands he has. Exactly, Andre Williams. I would, say, and I would say this about this draft too: getting Leonard Fournette here at three-three is damn outright amazing. It Honestly. really is. Because yeah. if you're talking about the running backs who has the highest potential and the highest ceiling in this class, to me, it's easily Leonard Fournette. Easily. I mean, you know, as long as that ankle, everything checks out fine with that long term. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I said, when you go to PPR, I'm going to take the proven thing in Dalvin Cook. I agree. Right. Um, But again, we're talking, remember, we're talking 1A, B, C, D, and E here. So Mm -hmm. it's not nothing too crazy here. I mean, I I would go as far as, you know, in standard leagues, I probably would flip-flop those and put Leonard Fournette ahead of Dalvin Cook just because I think... I think the volume will be there more. Yeah, standard for, standard league, Leonard Fournette's 1-1 for me. Right, me too. 
Easily. And then I'd probably even potentially probably put Joe Mixon at two. Okay. I mean, I, nah, the, I still have Dalvin Cook. Hey, there yeah. can be an argument for that, but I nah, mean, I'd still have Dalvin yeah. Cook there. But let's talk. We, we actually agree on the next player here, right? Yep, we do. Joe Mixon goes to the Bengals. Speak, speak of the devil. Now, there's a lot of people that would make an argument here that Joe Mixon could be 1 1. And again, if Joe Mixon went 1 1, I'm not arguing it because he goes to a terrific spot. Right. Yeah. We, I think we discussed it last time. Uh, we talked about Joe Mixon, the fact that I think the landing spot was perfect for him just because the Bengals support system, I guess, is, is used to having players with, I guess, off field issues. And they've kind of eased a lot of those guys into just like normal NFL life. And it, it seems to transition pretty well. Yeah. He's just an, he's an all around solid running back. It's Le'Veon Bell comps, you know, the former five star recruit. Mm-hmm. He's 6'1", 226. Just, he doesn't even turn 21 until July. So he's young. Right. He's talented through the roof. He only started five games in 2016. He still finished second nationally to Christian McCaffrey in all-purpose yards. Averaged 194.25 yards per game. Had 16 touchdowns. The guy is just an all-around solid running back. They take him in the second round. Uh, they're going to commit to him. I mean, let's let's face the facts. Jeremy Hill has shown us that he's just a turd Ferg. I Actually, totally agree with that. Just trade away Jeremy Hill in a league where I have no running backs whatsoever for three six to Cooper Cup. So I took Cooper Cup ahead of Jeremy Hill there. And can't say know, I blame you, man. That's a long term play. We talked about Geo's come off the ACL, so he's not gonna be ready really Who early knows? in the season. Right, yeah. But I mean, he was no threat to be a starter there, anyways. Geo is the situational running back. The only thing you have to worry about is Joe Mixon's cat pass catching ability and route running ability, which he really excels at really, really well. Right? No, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think he's a nice mix of of you know a a bigger power back, but he also catches the ball really well out of the backfield. So he's a nice all around three down type of guy. Where which is why you know if somebody did take him one one, I could see why. Yeah, I mean his vision, his patience, his mm-hmm. anticipation. He is a true three-down running back. He those Le'Veon Bell comps are not too crazy or too far off. No, Definitely I know that patience. I mean, I agree. And if you can get Le'Veon Bell here with the fourth overall pick, I mean, again, if you knew Le'Veon Bell was this draft and what you know now, he'd be one-one, and you would trade next year's first to get that, you sure. know, and something else into it. And again, the guy showed that he can get separation in the receiving game easily. I mean, he showed that consistently in college that he can get he can get separation in that running game, uh, receiving game. So Joe Mixon. Here at four is tremendous value. And you go back to so many drafts, this guy would be arguably 1-1, one, 1-2, one, one, without hesitation. It's just he is that good. Out of out of running backs. So he, I mean, that's not going through like some of these receivers with Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans. But this running back class is so deep where if you if you scatter these guys out, they'd all be the first running backs off the boards in most drafts that we go through. Love the situation. The Bengals do have some really good weapons on offense with the addition of John Ross, A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, and they have to focus on running the ball with Andy Dalton as quarterback. They do, and they they really actually need to focus on on getting that offensive line up to speed. They lost a, a few pretty big, important pieces there in the offseason on yeah, their offensive Whitworth line. Whitworth and Zeitler, right. which... Definitely hurts. Absolutely, Mixon. It's gonna hurt the. It's gonna hurt their offensive line until those guys get up to speed. But they did draft the the replacements basically last year, and those guys sat on the pine uh-huh. for a year and, and learned. So it's a big question mark. It is. It's, it is probably totally the safest, a mark. safest thing to say here mm-hmm. with uh, Joe Mixon, the biggest question mark. But again, terrific land spot, and they're gonna they're gonna he opportunity is there. He's gonna be the starter running back in Cincinnati. I agree with that statement. So now just, we come a ma- to, just a matter of time. Now yeah. we're gonna come to number five and. This is where I, I, 
I agree with you on okay. this one here. Right. Um, obviously, you have Mike Williams significantly higher, but we're going to take Mike Williams here at number five. And I, I, was, I mean, I literally I don't have a much higher than this. I'm, in my, my board, I am at four. So, okay. I mean, we're taking him at five here. That's I'm sure a lot of people are slapping their radio or their headphones or they're doing to listen to this podcast. They're like, what? You can't take Christian McCaffrey ahead of uh, or him. Mike, at, Mike Williams ahead it? of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, what? Well. To me, to me, that guy's just, I mean, he's worth it. Christian McCaffrey's a, a bit of a, I mean, he's just a bit of a projection in that offense, um, whereas I think Mike Williams is an awesome fit for what Phillip Rivers likes to do. Throw the ball, have somebody go up there and get it. And that's exactly what Mike Williams does. So I, I think I think him and Phillip Rivers are going to get along great once Mike Williams gets up to, up to speed here in the NFL. Yeah, if you get three years with Phillip Rivers to really get him into the NFL, I really like Mike Williams. I mean, look what these look, look what the Clemson guys have done in the past few years, just coming into the NFL. I mean, it seems like um, talk about pedigree, right? I mean, the guy's got some pretty good, decent pedigree coming from that 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 uh, system there in Clemson, and I just re- I really like what he does. I love his athleticism. Obviously, he's got the size that Philip River loves as well, six foot four. That's like his go to size. I feel like for wide receivers, he definitely has a size to be a number one NFL receiver. Absolutely, he's a top ten NFL pick. He is somebody now. Granted, he had a neck injury a couple of years ago, which is which some, he got totally cleared of, yep. and never even had to go back for a medical recheck at the at the combine. So that's that to me is is great news. His size, physicality, and ball skills are what really stands out to me. Absolutely, his speed's not elite, but it's good enough to be a number one receiver in the NFL. And you don't go top ten in the NFL draft at receiver not to be the number one there. I agree. I mean, that, that's exactly why I have him where I have him. I have him above. Corey Davis, but I mean, not by much, but I mean, for the reasons you just said, I mean, the the guy's my ball mentality. I mean, he doesn't run the best routes ever. He's not the fastest guy ever, which I think, you know, obviously Corey Davis has an edge probably in both those categories over Mike Williams. Yeah, I think Corey, honestly, I think Corey Davis has edge over every single category there is to Mike Williams, but albeit be slight in all these categories, right. but I can see Corey Davis go up and get the ball just as well as Mike Williams. And Mike Williams is something that helped Clemson win a national championship. Right. Mike Williams helped beat Alabama, that star-studded defense that had tons of players come out there. Mike Williams was a big factor in that. I saw him burn Marlon Humphrey sure. plenty of times. Absolutely. All right. Now, granted, Marlon Humphrey's not the greatest cover guy. No, no but, but to your point, though, Mike Williams was playing against better competition than Corey Davis was on a you know, week-in, week-out basis. And that's fair. And he was doing it against it. You know, He was, he was really performing well against that, kind of, that level of competition. So... I mean, again, getting a guy at receiver here is like when we say get good young talented receivers at five, and let's face the facts, in just about every draft you see, or every draft that I've seen so far, every actual rookie draft, just about every single one except for one, he's gone number six overall. Mike Williams? Yeah. Uh, literally in 99% of the drafts I've seen him in, I, w- I mean, I would He's be a, I would be ecstatic if I was sitting at six and Mike Williams fell to me. Me too. I, I w- it wouldn't take me a half a second to put that card in. It, it would be. Well, I think that, I think that's everybody at six right. when he's there is like, yeah, I'll take him. But at the same time, if you don't need a receiver, you're not going to take Mike Williams. Like no, no, you mean in the top five? Yeah, yeah, right, absolutely. And and every year the running backs do get pushed up, so I can understand why somebody would take Christian McCaffrey at five, but it, I'm just not. Okay, I, I hear you. I mean, there's a lot of arguments for Christian McCaffrey, um, who we have here at six, which we agree upon sure. at six. Now, landing spot, terrific. Player, terrific. 
The biggest problem, like you mentioned earlier, when we're talking about Christian McCaffrey, is his role because nobody, nobody, none of the major scouts, none of the a lot of the analysts that I trust their opinion on see this guy as a three down running back, right? Because of his size and his physicality. No, I, yeah, I understand that. Just to, my biggest hang up, and and I mean that'll all work itself out, you know, whether his size, whether he's big enough or physical enough to be a, a down in down down out type of guy. No one really knows. It's just a really a projection at this point. But um, what bothers me most about his situation is just I've never seen, I've never seen the Panthers use that kind of guy before. So I don't know how the heck they're planning. I mean, obviously you don't draft a guy with no plans of using him. I Look, mean, you take a guy in the top ten, right? Well, I think we kind of hit on this. I think we, I think they finally realized that they have to protect Cam Newton. If they want to succeed, the guy protect Cam Newton. And they got two guys in this draft to help do that with Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. As long as Cam's going to participate in that, I mean, you, you know, like, is he... It should be a pretty easy sell. I'm sure he feels the pain there. I, I know, but does it match up with his skill set, I guess, is my is my biggest thing. I think Cam's good enough to match up with anything. I really think he... I mean, we've already seen him improve. His passing ability has improved drastically since coming out of college. Sure, sure. And the way that Christian McCaffrey runs routes, this guy could easily be a receiver. I mean, his this guy's route run ability is through the roof. His hands are through the roof. And when he does run the ball, he does show really good patience behind that line. So he is a capable running back. He's capable of doing it right. all. This, if, this, if Christian McCaffrey's number one, number, number one overall fantasy running back out of this whole draft class, again, not surprising. It, PPR, it would surprise league. me. That's a thing. Like, really? it, Yeah, it would. I mean, that's why I have the other four guys ahead of him, I guess. Only because, though. like, in a PPR league, I can see him, not because of his run ability, I can see him going away with just, if he catches, like, 70 balls a year and gets 1,500 yards, he's going to be top three running backs in fantasy points. Good, I mean, good point. I mean, yes, if he puts up those numbers, he would be, what you know, a top three guy, but... I'm just, I'm just not. I don't, I don't see it. And when, when I close my eyes, I can't see Christian McCaffrey catching 75 balls from, from Cam. I, I just can't. I don't know why. I, I, I might, I may be completely proven wrong on this. And, and, and you know, well, the offense has been it happens. So unfriendly to the running back. It's been so limited at playmakers altogether. It's literally been Cam and, like, nobody else. I it's mean, Kelvin like, Benjamin's exactly. been a 50-50 kind of guy it's as it was. It's been Cam hogging everything. You know, he throws to Greg Olson. He throws to other guys down. But they're all, it's mostly all down the field type of stuff. And I'm just not – I am i can't see Christian McCaffrey catching a bunch of little dump-off passes from Cam. Because Cam will, like, fake it and then try to run or something. <laughs> like That's what I see when I close my eyes in that situation. Well, guess what they're going to design for him again? He, he right. was taking the top ten, so they're going to utilize him. No, I, I know. I understand that. Well, and the, and, and the upside is there. But I guess out of all the guys here, he's the biggest question mark when it comes to NFL style. What kind of production are we truly going to get in the fantasy world? Because, yeah, he can run really good routes and he's really fast, but so can Curtis Samuel. And he is a wide receiver, so let's see how they utilize that. Let's see how they utilize these guys. Right, but, it's a it's a bit of a that that's like another question mark thrown in there. Is why the heck would you draft Curtis Samuel as well? Like, how are they planning? They have using no receivers. It? That's why. I mean, I understand. The receivers blow donkey balls. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. But I mean, I just getting two guys that are are you know like almost the exact same size and they almost do the exact same thing. They're that damn good. All right, I like them both. I really do. I think. And, and I was actually thinking about this. I have, I'm in a rookie draft, and I was and I was trying to think. I actually took Zay Jones, and I was debating between Zay Jones and Curtis Samuel because 
like when we were sitting there, like we don't know what they're gonna do. I was literally, I spent about twenty minutes debating this, and I was thinking about Curtis Samuel. You know, obviously reading about the reports about Goody looked in rookie minicamp. Uh, one of the local beat writers came out and said, you know, honestly, you know, I know they drafted Christian McCaffrey, but the most impressive player on the field was Curtis Samuel. And I'm like, you know, I could totally envision this Panthers offense with the weapons they have that are all doo doo butter, and trying to help Cam out building their offense around these two explosive athletes and Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. And with the threat of Cam Newton running, if you can line both these guys up even behind the backfield or put them both in a sled, like a different sled, the, the way you can utilize them could be a whole different kind of NFL offense that we could see excel in the NFL. And I just I was just thinking about Curtis Samuel and how many footballs he can catch if they can utilize them right. I took Zay Jones, but I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Even though they're the same kind of player, I got really excited about what the Panthers could do with these guys. Okay. The same with the, with the Christian McCaffrey back here. If you took them higher, I'm all for it. But I'm in the same boat. I would take all five of these guys ahead of Christian McCaffrey just because I feel safer about them. I totally feel like, you, like all five of those guys are safer than Christian and McCaffrey. What is, and what if Curtis Samuel hurts Christian McCaffrey a little exactly. bit? Exactly. I mean, he was a very high second-round pick, Curtis Samuel, right. too. So it's not like they're, they're going to use they're going to use McCaffrey a lot, but they can also use Curtis Samuel a lot as well. And again. McCaffrey doesn't really offer any red zone running kind of threat there. No, as that's, well. that's going to be all Cam and and you know for this year Jonathan Stewart and Kelvin and Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin. Right. You know, at least Kelvin Benjamin. One thing I can do is toss him a ball up from the fifteen yard line, the red zone twenty yard line. Well, if he can still jump at two eighty, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> if, he, if he can catch it, there's a fifty fifty chance on that alone. Right. So I mean, everybody else here, I, I would I I like them in the red zone. Christian McCaffrey, he's probably going to have to catch a football for a touchdown there. Again, you have other weapons there that can kind of tie into that. So to me, I think Christian McCaffrey's terrific. If you're at six, you're going Christian McCaffrey, you're leaving this draft. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't let me like discourage you from Christian McCaffrey. Like he's a bum or anything, but I, that's, he's terrific. I he's love really to have good. Him on my, just, any, every one of my dynasty teams. There's just a little bit of uncertainty with him. So I kind of push him down just, just a hair. I mean, just shows how much, like how good, like if you literally missed the playoffs this year, if there's any year you want to miss the playoffs in your dynasty league, this was the year because if you sure. just missed the playoffs, right, you're coming away with Christian McCaffrey or Mike or Williams. Williams right. and you're like, yabba dabba do, Fred. <laughs> right. So I can't, I can't think of another that's, Fred Flintstone <laughs> line to come back with. Sorry. I, I was, what, is it, what did you ever say to Barney? What do you call Barney? Uh, do you remember? I don't know. I haven't seen Fred, I haven't seen that in 30 years. Me neither, man. That's why yeah. I couldn't think of it. Bam, bam, pebbles, oh Wilma, boy. Wilma. <laughs> there you go, Dino. Um, so here we are. So that's the top six. Mm-hmm. That is the consensus top six throughout the dynasty world. Everybody likes that, right? They, you know, shifted around here and there. But. Now at number seven, I've seen this pretty damn consistent, consistently as well. But not at. This is where it starts to really vary. Uh huh. We've come to an agreement here to take OJ Howard. We have. Even though you would still take Evan Ingram. <laughs> I still would. Which is weird because I see Evan Ingram going right around pick 10, 11 in, this, in like a lot of my drafts. Um, That's fine with me, too. That's, and, I mean, so just like. Because maybe I'll be able to get him. <laughs> and, I, and I'll say this as well just as a top six is pretty locked in, I feel like this next six is pretty good six. Now, I'd throw, now Kareem Hunt did not make our top 12. And I, I'd be real tempted to take Kareem Hunt here. In the top twelve, personally, 
I love his landing spot. And yeah, I love him. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. He, he really landed in a good spot. Talking about a good year to have one one and two one, right? Oh man, you could really set yourself up for years to come. So the next guy we have on the board here is OJ Howard. Now you would take Evan Ingram here, and no, you wouldn't take Howard here in top eight. You wouldn't take him, right? Right. Um, that's fine. No, so, big, I mean no big deal. I just. Uh, there wasn't quite enough production in college for me to just drool all over this guy. I mean, I, he has got great measurables. He's he he does a lot of things really well. He's uh, probably the best all around tight end in this draft. You know, just blocking and and catching passes. But uh, for me, you know, obviously, I go <laughs> I go to the fantasy points. You know, are scored with with more receptions and more yards, and and really, I think Evan Ingram can outproduce him fantasy wise this year and wouldn't, and for years to come wouldn't right? shock me either i like oj howard here because and i like your point i definitely like your points about that and it to me it is really close with those guys and honestly i know we have him way down farther though and joku too with his athleticism as well going to an offense where obviously you don't have a quarterback there but with that good old line and not the lack of weapons where he could be honestly one of the top targets for that offense he's in the mix as well I know you don't like him as much as because of strictly on the team he's on, but uh, I think I think Njoku's in that ar- argument as well. Right, I am a Browns fan, so I don't like the team that he is on. <laughs> so now uh, OJ Howard, like you, you're saying opportunity. I love him there because one, I love Jameis Winston. I, I, to me, I mean, when you're talking fantasy value wise, I honestly hold Jameis Winston up there, right with Andrew Luck. Sure. I personally, personally, would take Jameis Winston. Over Andrew Ro- and, and Aaron Rodgers in a dynasty startup, he'd be my number two overall quarterback in a dynasty startup. You take him over Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I would. I think you're high. Only because, but that's fine for the long term. I get it for the long term. I mean, he's only 24. Aaron Rodgers 30, 31 I, around there, somewhere around there. So to me, for the long term, let me let me put it this way: I don't think as it gets as it, as they build his offense around Jameis, I don't think the point differential for the whole year between him and Aaron Rodgers can be dramatic enough for the long term one, for the long term but in the short term it could be it could be it could be 100 points a year for the, the biggest next three or four years i guess the biggest thing is where aaron Rodgers would go wouldn't be like i'd i wouldn't take a quarterback there anyways i got you every draft i go into i'm i'm targeting Jameis winston i guess because you can get him later and, and you're getting the fifth round right okay so i mean i love Jameis that much i really do i think he's outstanding point taken uh, i mean i think you're wrong if you're saying he's above aaron Rodgers. you know as of right now but. i don't even think in my dynasty <laughs> rank until i have him above aaron right. Rodgers. But i'm just telling you right now what i'm, what I'm feeling okay you right. can't control my feelings yeah right? I, I, you're not my I, wife i always try to but it never really works so oj howard goes to the tampa bay buccaneers uh-huh. they're building a really nice offense here with mike evans obviously he's no he's going nowhere He's there for the long term. True statement. They're going to bring O.J. Howard in, first-round pick, and he's going to be groomed into being their number two receiver. They have Deshaun Jackson there. They're going to get some more weapons behind him. Mm-hmm. They still have little Mr. Adam Humphreys. Don't forget about him. Don't forget about him. And O.J. Howard, when you have to double-team Mike Evans, especially in the red zone, this is really going to open up things for O.J. Howard. And where I think Evan Ingram's certainly probably going to have more receiving yards and more receptions than O.J. Howard, I really see O.J. Howard turn into a nice red zone threat who, as he matures in this offense, is we're going to see consistently be a double-digit kind of touchdown guy in this offense. And to me, I think that's where he's going to excel 
when it comes to fantasy points and where he's going to be a really nice tight end one and be a really nice viable option for your team where he's consistently same thing with Gronk where Gronk also scores a lot of yards too, but the guy's just a touchdown machine mm-hmm. where he's, he's averaged almost a touchdown a game. And where I see this Tampa Bay offense going, that's where I kind of see OJ Howard going, not as a Rob Gronkowski comparison. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. But when it comes to touchdown production, I think that's going to be his bread and butter. Um, I think he will be held back a little bit more on the blocking cape where Evan Ingram's going to be more of a solid receiver. Right. But again, I think it's going to offset with those those touchdowns. Now, if you're in a tight end premium league where receptions are one and a half points, I'd definitely take Evan Ingram above O.J. Howard. I would. Um, it'd almost be even considered taking Njoku there because he's so athletic. Well, I mean, to me... Point well taken. Obviously, O.J. Howard, um, his long-term value, because he's going to be, again, with a quarterback, a, a young stud quarterback for a long time. I could see that. Um, why you would you would kind of value him a little bit more as well in, in that respect. But Evan Ingram, I think, I think obviously, his production has, has been there already. Not, not obviously on the NFL level, but he had more college production. And I mean, it's not we like could, we could debate this too because Evan Ingram is our next pick. So right, we exactly. The two. That's why so I'm, I'm kind of it, transitioning. Evan Ingram at number eight. So right. Yeah. So I'm kind of transitioning um, into the Evan Ingram a little bit. I mean, I, I think his situation also is good in in the fact that obviously he's got Eli for, for now, and once once Brandon Marshall, you know, Brandon Marshall has already said he's only going to be here two years. But I mean, who who knows if he actually lasts two years? If he's already talking about that, Evan Ingram is automatically once he's gone, the tall guy on the team. So he's the red zone threat. Um, You know, I mean, not that, not that Odell can't get up and get balls, but I mean, it it is nice to have a guy that's six foot three, two thirty four, runs a four, four, two, right. in in the, in the red zone. And once Eli is done in, you know, who knows three, four years or whatever, you got to remember that tight ends are a young quarterback's best friend. So they'll be breaking in. Hopefully somebody that doesn't stink. I mean, I can't look at my crystal ball and see who the heck they're going to pick in three or four years, but, the tight ends are a huge help to young to young quarterbacks. So I mean, you'll have that kind of bonus coming coming along as well. I think the spot's great. I really do. I think he's a terrific receiver, and this is a guy that won the first round of the NFL draft. But you had Evan Ingram number one tight end before the NFL draft. Correct. You had him there. So right. this is a guy that we saw on tape again. The tape dictated this as well. Th- now, that to me, it did. Yeah, we had Evan Ingram a little farther back here. It's funny because. Like before the NFL, before all this, a year ago, we were talking about, hey, don't be surprised about how good this tight end class is. Sure. And here we are. And I said, I remember I made a comment like way before the start. I was like, I'm for sure 100% taking a tight end with my second round pick in the Dynasty Nerds League where I have the third pick or the fourth pick in the second round. I thought, you know, I can get Njoku here or Evan Ingram. I'm going to be great. Well, who knows if those guys are going to be around? Yeah, that ship has sailed. Right. Now I'm going to be waiting to the third round and take a guy like, Gerald Everett Gerald or Adam Everett. Shaheen. Right. And still be okay. Mm-hmm. Still be happy about that. But that's a different tier than these guys. Because now these guys are going in the first round. And right. at the very worst, and Joku's going 2 1. Right. At the very worst, 2 right. 2, right around there. At the very worst. Maybe I'll try and make a move and try and move up a little bit there. But to me, it's kind of hard to make moves like that when you're so content of getting somebody else there. Right. You know? It just makes it just means somebody else has dropped to you, basically, yeah. at that I can point. Get a, so. I can get a Zay Jones or a Kareem right. Hunt, uh, right. for example. But Ingram here in New York, I agree with you. You know, with Brandon Marshall being two years out in the league, I think with Evan Ingram, 
Evan Ingram being more of a receiver type. I think with that size, which is really comparable to Brandon Marshall. They're almost the exact same The size. speed could be comparable to Brandon Marshall. I think he's a really good person to beat tutelage under I, I i honestly think he's faster than than brandon marshall at this point yeah he's yeah. definitely bra- faster than brandon marshall right they have odell beckham offsetting him because new york he odell beckham's gonna be a giant for the next eight years guaranteed right uh right. they have him offset him and then we can never forget about sterling shepherd right and what sterling shepherd showed us last year this is another guy i like to buy low we talked about this in the buy low mm-hmm. episode where he shoved back instantly to the number four option there in this, this Giants offense. But when you got focused on these weapons, he's still going to be a viable option. But once Marshall's off the team in a year or two, I mean, Evan Ingram's going to be the only guy that's above six foot you yeah. know, out, of, out of those guys that you just mentioned. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Odell's got a great, he's got a, he's got a pretty big wing wingspan and, and large hands that can jump high. So that makes up for a little bit of his side size, uh, uh, I guess, shortness in size. Um, but Evan, but Evan Ingram, he's got all that, and you know he's got a really good vertical as well. He's, he can jump thirty six inches. That's so like, that's like Mike right there. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, so again, if somebody took Ingram here again over OJ Howard, I wouldn't say anything. I, I think they're real close. Um, to me, it's just it's kind of a matter of I think this guy's going to produce more numbers, and and we're in that kind of game right now. I mean, that's obviously the most fantasy relevant thing is is what kind of stats the guys okay. can put up. So the next guy we have on the list here, this is a guy that you would actually take at seven, I believe. Or you take Ingram at seven, then this guy. Um, actually, the, my the, right at nine. That's where I have him. John Ross. John Ross. Now I wouldn't take John Ross here. I would personally take Njoku ahead of him. Okay. And I would take Alvin Kamara ahead of him. Right. Uh, here, I, I mean, I'll me, fight you on Alvin Kamara. I, I mean, for David, me personally, yeah, David. Well, I'll explain Kamara when we get to him. Sure. Um, but John Ross, and the way you said it to me, it was like, well, why would you take John Ross here? And you said, if his medical clears out, he's going to be a fancy stud. And that's what it is. I mean, I think the guy was picked ninth overall. I mean, they're going to use, they're going to use him as well. And they, no argument. They have, they have, you know, they have a vision in mind for this guy. You can't double team him with AJ Green. Exactly. You can't. I mean, obviously I don't know that how well his skill set is going to, um, line up with Andy Dalton. That's a little bit of a concern. I think his route running ability is going to help him. Right. That's what I was just about to say. Like, cause he, but he, then again, he's more than just a go long guy. He, he is a, he is a more accomplished route runner than a lot of these guys that are just speedsters. So, I mean, to me, the biggest, the biggest thing is just his medical. And at, at nine in the first round, I'm, I'm, I'm really okay. Taking John Ross. I'm taking that risk at this point. See, for me, the medical is exactly why I'm not taking them. For me, this draft is so in flux with talent, with so many guys that I feel so good about. You know, like sometimes you get in this part of the draft, you're just like, eh. You know, I, I like this guy. I see you the just, up- It just sounded like you just took a poop, by the way. <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> is it that coffee finally working its Close way through? Close your nose. <laughs> oh, no. But to me, like, a lot of times in his rookie drafts, when you get to this point, like, you like the player that you come away with, but you're not you're not really envisioning, like, 1-1 one, one at their position or that high of an upside. And John Ross does offer that. He really does. But let's... For one, he he's not even the number one receiver. I was gonna team. say, yeah, he'll he'll, he'll not he's option. not gonna get a one. He's not gonna get to one one with two AJ knee Green. surgeries. One of them being micro fracture, that soldier, shoulder injury. Him kind of blame even running his forty time. To me, him staying healthy in the NFL on a consistent basis, to me, it's such a highly unlikely chance. The way I envision, it's so unlikely playing in Cincinnati in that cold weather. 
in Cincinnati as well and have playing in an AFC North is a really physical division. It's it's gonna be hard for me to trust. I like the player when okay. he's healthy. Right. I like the upside there. But for me again, I just rather I I don't feel confident enough in him staying healthy where I could pass on some of these guys where I do feel confident. To me, I feel like I'm getting real like for me, John Ross, this is where I mean if you take him here, I'm not arguing it. I feel like this is fair. But for me, if I take John Ross, I want to come away like I got, at least got John Ross. Like, okay, I had to take John Ross here. I don't feel like I have to take John Ross here. Like, I feel like it's good, it's good value. There's good upside, but I don't have to take him. I could take somebody else here. To me, it'd be right around pick 12 where I'm like, okay, I got to take John Ross here. This is it. I was trying to make a move in a rookie draft I was just in for 2-1, and John Ross was still on the board. He actually went 2-1. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try and trade up because I have to take John Ross here at sure, 2-1. Sure. This is worth up trading for. I, this is The value's too much. I can get a really good receiver here. Definitely when Cincinnati, when they have Tyler Eifert, they have good weapons there in A.J. Green, you can't double-team them. It is. That's good value. At 9, eh, I feel like he's he could be one of those guys where when he plays, he's helpful, but when you need him the most, when it comes to playoff time, he might come back to be one of those people like, damn it, John Ross, why aren't you ever healthy, man? What could have been? And, and, and you know, that's why I think, I think that's why he's worth taking here, okay. you know, and, and not earlier. So All right. I guess I obviously have a little bit higher of opinion of him than you do. Yeah, no and to me, it just comes down to those medicals. So um, right. next guy on the list here is a guy who I would probably take there at nine, and that's Alvin Kamara. Now, okay. this is a guy that wasn't even a starter in Tennessee. Right. Right. And but the big thing that really pops out to me is his pass catching ability and his lateral quickness. Yeah. I mean, those are the, the guy's highlights, basically, or, you know, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and just, you know, start, quick, stop, quick start, stop, juke move type of things. So good yeah. vision. Yep. Uh, hands are terrific. Probably some of the best hands I've seen. I, yeah, running backs. Absolutely. And I think he's a little underrated running between the tackles. It's not like he can't do it. They just, they was, this is one of those situations where that wasn't his role. Uh, to do that an awful lot. He so. showed some power, not afraid to take con- contacts. I, I, I thought he had, I thought he had nice balance and stuff too. Um, a lot of Jamal Charles comps that he gets. Really? Okay. I mean, I could see that he's a, he's a little bit bigger than Charles, but I could see that. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that was originally signed with Alabama. I mean, that's how highly recruited right, he was. Right. And then he transferred out, played CC for a couple of years. And what I like is Kamara here, and why I would take him here is because. The Saints traded up for him, mm-hmm. right? They just recently signed Adrian Peterson. They start signed Mark Ingram, both older running backs. To me, I don't envision Alvin Kamara as a number one running back. I saw some scouting reports they, they thought he could be a number one running back because of the things we talked about before about his power and everything. But really, really excites me about Alvin Kamara is not only the fact that they actually trade up to go get this guy, and they gave up a lot to go get him too. They get, I can't remember the exact compensation for it. but I don't, I, I don't remember the compensation. I know it was a yeah. lot. Like okay. They paid heavily to go get Alvin Kamara. And remember when Darren Sproles was on the Saints and how viable of an option he was in fantasy football. Oh, absolutely. If there's one team that knows how to utilize the pass catcher running back, it's the New Orleans Saints. Sure. I mean, look at all those years of, like, um, Pierre Thomas. And that, yeah. that was, like, his role. I mean, and he was fantasy relevant. And, I, I mean, I think Kamara is a better running back than Pierre Thomas. So Agree wholeheartedly. And I think that I think Alvin Kamara instantly, instantly helps your dynasty team. I think he's a running back, too, out the gates, the way he's going to be utilized there. He's the pass catcher running back. Adrian Peterson, we know, does not catch footballs. Mark Ingram can catch footballs. Mark Ingram can catch. The one thing that I don't know much about uh, on Alvin Kamara, and I'll have to dig in a little bit more, is you know his ability to, to block. 
because if the guy if the guy can't block, he's going to have a hard time getting on the field because obviously Drew Brees is Drew Brees, and you want to protect him. You don't want a guy that's going to just go out there and whiff on blocks. So that's the one thing I really want to keep an eye on for, for Alvin Kamara because I think that will be a, a huge determining factor in his value. Yeah, I, that that that's just we say that about a lot of running backs. Yeah, absolutely block. right. I mean, and but you're you're saying he's a lock as a as a running back too, and I'm just saying you know until I see him or hear reports that he's that he's blocking well, um, I just have a hard time putting my stamp on that. See, the way I look at it is the Saints had to watch enough tape and do enough research where they knew where they're draft that what they're going to get out of this guy and what role they're going to ask him for him, and for them to trade up. And do that, I feel like they have to feel pretty confident in him to do what they're going to want to do in this Sean Payne offense. To me, this was a player that they had to have, and I like that coming from New Orleans. No, I, I do too. I We liked Alvin Kamara sure. before all this. I mean, we had him like number six, seven overall before, and now his landing spot to me is like the best landing spot possible, honestly. For him, yeah, and for he's his only got two, And he's got yeah. two old running backs ahead sure. of him as well. Absolutely. So the long-term value there, if he only if he can't be a three-down running back, is his role is good enough for, like, his role as a third-down running back is good enough for me in fantasy football where I can start this guy as my number two running back and come away with 10, 12 points a game. I'm with you on that, yeah. He, he's definitely, his, his PPR value um, presents a nice high floor. We'll okay. put it that way. Next guy on the list here is somebody you would take higher. Right. Um, and for most people now, I haven't seen this guy go anywhere from two, three, where I just, that's probably honestly one of the highest spots I've seen him going. In um, the podcast listener league's rookie draft, I had picked two, three, and I took Zay Jones here. I haven't seen this guy go 211, 212, 210. I mean, uh, do you think that's just landing spot? Because he I, went to the Bills and because they got Sammy Watkins, or, or I think so. Because the Bills, which I don't, I honestly don't understand this at all. Because I like the landing spot. I like lot. the landing spot too. They have no one else. I mean, they have Sammy Watkins. They don't have anyone else. They didn't, and they didn't even pick up Sammy Watkins. That was gonna be, that was going to be my next point. And like, so, what, I mean, this guy has like one year to be with Sammy Watkins and maybe learn a little bit of the NFL game before he could possibly take over and be the number one guy at a, on a team. So to, to, out of, to, out of to East me, Carolina, you're talking about a guy that was a Belitnikov finalist and first-team All-American. He caught like 158 balls last year. I mean, that's ridiculous production. I'm not going to drop my Jenna Jameson joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, to me, for a guy that has a really clear path to being um, – at at worst, the wide receiver two on this team, and and quite possibly by next year, the wide receiver one on the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I had him at number eight, so to be taking him here at number eleven, I mean, I'd be drooling if if I had number eleven and he fell to me. You're gonna get him in the dynasty nerds league at twelve. You're gonna get him. I mean, I don't have that pick, so. Oh, that's right, you don't. Yeah, I okay. tra- I traded it, but uh, whoever's sitting there at twelve could possibly get, get him. him. Yeah, and. The only thing, the only concern I had when I was watching Zay Jones tape was his speed, honestly, and that showed at the combine with a four four five that I had no worries about that whatsoever. Right, he showed he can make the circus catch, right? Absolutely, he showed he has excellent hands, and he showed when he like I said last year with one hundred fifty eight receptions that he can play besides the slot. He can line up on the outside. He lined up, yeah, exactly. He goes to Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor there. We don't know if that's the answer for long term, but Tyrod showed that he was a capable quarterback, right? I agree with that, and yeah, yeah. if he has Sammy Watkins come out and have a really good year to offset him, I think Zay Jones could be a wide receiver right out the gate at wide receiver 
this year. I think he could be wide receiver three numbers this year. He's a senior, so he's to me he's pro ready. Right, he's ready to come in here and play. He played all over the field for East Carolina. Let's say he mostly played the slot until his senior year, but once he slid outside, boom, seven, 1,746 yards, eight touchdowns, 158 receptions, 158 receptions. He can obviously catch a football. <laughs> Clearly he can catch the football. I mean, I don't I mean, think they, I've ever caught 158 footballs in my entire life. I mean, I don't know. I Knowing you, definitely not. No. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah, two left hands. <laughs> but I love and, it. and you're a righty. I mean, again, is Zay Jones a lock? No. I'd feel great getting him. But I feel late. really damn good about him. Oh, heck yeah, man. You know, again, I like the landing spot. I really do. Uh, could there have been a better landing spot? Of course there could have. Right, right. But him, like we're talking about, if, Sam, if Sammy Watkins leaves, right, they decide not to franchise him and tender him, then you're talking about the number one receiver on an NFL team that it's capable of producing year in and year out. Right. And he's and he's he's has the craziest production in college and and so you know he's capable of producing. I mean that's that's in my eyes I, I see it translating. I see I mean he has great route running skills already for for a for a college guy coming into the NFL. Agreed. And and obviously 158. In the Pod podcast listener league, I came away so far this draft with uh with my first couple picks is Mike Williams, Zay Jones, and Cooper Cup. Yeah, those, Mr. Moscow Mule himself. Those are three just like production guys, man. That's great, man. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, look, I got a number one, a number two, and a number three right. fantasy receiver. Exactly. One, two, three. It's how I like env- how I envision. Hopefully, it pans out here in the next couple sure. of years. Cooper Cup, somebody who could be like really reliable, be a really solid like Brian Hartline number three receiver year in year out. Uh, Zay Jones could be a really solid fantasy like. That's why I see Zay Jones, like a really solid wide receiver, too, in fantasy And there's football. nothing wrong with that, man. And at this point in the draft, and if you get a guy like that, you're starting week in and week out, he's That's, still a, he's a starter. A I wide mean, receiver, right, two is unbelievably right, right. good. And then, obviously, Mike Williams, you're hoping to be a wide receiver, one. There. Right. And then around our top 12 picks here for the show is David Njoku. Njoku himself. Now, you're talking about a, a guy who doesn't even turn 21 until July. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy that is crazy athletic. You're talking about a guy that, Goes to a team does not have a lot of offensive weapons in the passing game. At this point, you can almost say, I know we like Corey Coleman, uh, but hasn't shown us enough that could be their best weapon in the passing game. He could be their best weapon, period. I mean. <laughs> the Browns traded up to get this guy. Right. The Browns don't trade up often. They love their picks. So they love their picks. So they showed. They, they hate giving them up for anything. How much they believe right. in this guy and how much they like this guy. And, I, and I'll tell you what. When it comes to Miami Hurricane players, there's one person we trust more than anybody, and that's that Dynasty Nerd Mike. That Dynasty Nerd Mike, yeah. And he told me this guy's legit. He's for sure going to be good. No question about it. Right, and the only reason I think for me that I have him, you know, down at the bottom half of the first round is obviously he's raw. Uh, you know, he needs a lot of work in his route running and his blocking. Um, and just and the landing spot, the the question mark about who the heck's going to be throwing this guy the ball. I mean, I. I I love to think that the Browns are going to get this right, but they've proven that they can't so many times that I don't know. Old that regimes, I, that's old Cleveland. Uh, I don't know that I can trust him, man, until I, I see it. I like him. I like him in offense. Remember, this is the offense that Hugh Jackson ran where Tyler Eifert was catching 16 touchdowns, right? I think he caught 13. I game. don't know. I'm but, like, but point taken, right? Mad touchdowns. Like Hugh Jackson loves to utilize a big athletic tight end in the red zone. 
And again, that was with the team with AJ Green. He's coming to the team. He's clearly the biggest receiver. Even Corey Coleman is the number one receiver. He's still only what five ten, five eleven. Well, there's Kenny Brady. He's like six three. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, he's if we're that. gonna if we're gonna talk about big people, he's he's the other big person. I'm big. <laughs> Six one. Quit being disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big in all the right places. Gross. My ears. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, I mean in Joker, again, he's raw, he's athletic, he, he is a tremendous, tremendous upside. I like him a lot. Uh, he has the highest vertical at the combine amongst tight ends. He had the best long jump amongst tight ends. And remember, that three cone drill. Six point nine six. You 6. love that. Six point nine six. You keep quoting that that he had the 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 best. But he didn't have the best long jump. He right? didn't have the best uh, vertical. Bucky Hodges had thirty nine inches. I don't care. I'm but, gonna keep. I'm gonna keep. Quoting but that. keep on. Keep up with that lie. Yeah, I mean, this guy is just. I mean, he high point the ball. But thirty seven and a half. Yeah, thirty seven and a half inches is nothing to. He's, a, he's just a huge mismatch against defensive backs and linebackers. Mm-hmm. Good luck stopping this guy. Ran a what a four six four four six four in the forty man yeah he's mm. a, he's a beast I mean he just needs he needs to smooth off those round edges or the rough edges a little bit round them down and and just he needs a little bit of work man I'll be rooting for him every single Sunday for the rest of his so career so will I man so, so that's it that's our top twelve I feel really good about that so do I but you no know what I'm really excited about uh, next week episode because I feel like the second round is loaded oh man. Yeah, there's a ton of talent. There's a ton of talent. I mean, I mean these are the guys that you normally like. The whole next twelve, like twelve guys, I feel like are the like the type of guys you normally get at the end of the first round, where I you're agree. where you're just like, this guy's got a ton of upside. There's you know a little kink in the armor there, um, but you still love his upside. I mean, look at this. You have John Rossum, who what we weren't big on earlier, went really high here. Mm-hmm. Samaj P. Ryan, who mm-hmm. we weren't big on at all. Got a huge boost with his landing sure. spot here in the second round, too. So a lot of good guys in really good situations. Running backs we weren't even talking about. Guys like Joe Williams and Marlon Matt. Well, we were talking about these guys. We were talking about them, right. They get huge bumps because of the position that they're in. Right. We'll be back with those guys next week as we get from number 12 to 24. There you then go. Then we'll go from 25 to 36. Wow, look at these math skills. From 37. To 48. There you go, 48. Oh, I'm such good at arithmetic. Yeah. Should have been an elementary teacher. I just, I, I'm looking at it, so I knew right after that. Oh, so I'm literally just pulling the numbers on my head. And it's just one. It's 12, 24, 12, 36. It's a regular 48. Stop, you're hurting my brain. 60. Um, so remember, uh, 72. if you want to support the podcast, there's always a donation page on DynastyNerds.com. Again, it helps, helps pay our writers, helps right. us. Um, we're trying to look into ways right now. We love some feedback too. We're looking for ways to improve the website to make your experience a little bit better at mm-hmm. com. So that's where all the donations go. They don't go into our pockets. No, sir. What we're three and a half years in. How much I mean, how much money have you made off com? I think a negative. I'm in the negative. I'm in the red at this I'm point. I'm hugely <laughs> in the red as well. So that's how much we love. Right. Dynasty Fantasy Football. So every dollar that comes in goes right back to our writers. So help support our writers. Help support our website. Help support the podcast by anything you can get and joining that nerd herd. Uh, and then as well, you can always buy Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Most comfortable t-shirt in the world. Um, support our sponsors like Maisie. Maisie. Uh, just get to the website every day. Yep. And if you want to do the biggest thing as well, haven't seen one in a while, get on iTunes. Leave us a rating and review. Love to see what you think oh, of the podcast. Rich. It's been a while. We're at 275. 
Oh. Let's get to 280. Okay. Come on. I know of all the downloads we get in the show, a lot of you guys have iPhones. Quit holding out on us, man. Come on, guys. It takes one minute of your time to put a smile on my face. Rich loves them. I love them so much. <laughs> um, so make sure you get on there leave us a rating and review. If you have any questions in the meantime, please feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. And, of course, you can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Until then, we'll be back next week. Enjoy your day. Hasta luego. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.